My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. When you get to be Farmer Gray's age, well, you can't help thinking about what comes after. And by that I mean what comes after you die, not what comes after lunch. Unless, of course, you were to die after lunch, and then I guess you really would be. Well, you know what I mean. But there's an interesting film out called Nine Days that looks at another question, and that is what happens before you're even born. Of course, that cartoon movie, The Boss Baby, sought to answer the same query, positing that parentless newborns work for a large company run by infants. And I was ready to accept that until I saw this here Nine Days, which offers a different take on how we end up with our mamas and daddies. Written and directed by Mr. Ed Sedota, it's all about this mysterious place where a fellow behind a desk interviews, I guess you'd call them souls, over a period of nine days and decides whether or not they get to go to Earth. But this gentleman, name of Will, he doesn't just hand out run-of-the-mill births, no sir. He proffers an opportunity where you're born into a rarefied, nurturing environment where a new human being can achieve not just a soupçon of success, but beaucoup bon chance, pardon my French. And once a, once a soul in this little program does get born, and that's a big if, will he, uh, well, he sits there watching them and everyone else he chose on a whole bank of cathode-ray televisions keeping up with their progress, taking notes, and recording it all on VCR. I guess there's no TiVo in the celestial world. Why are you focusing on that? No reason. If heaven prefers analog, it's okay with yours truly. But you know what I was thinking? I should tell my young friend Hank to take his six-year-old daughter Ambrosia to see this flick. See, she's been asking about how babies get born, and Hank, he's at a loss to explain it. He was all ready to tell her that they're found in a pea pod in the garden, but his wife insisted that he should tell the little girl the whole story of the birds and the bees. But she's so young, says he, I just can't imagine explaining that to her at such a delicate age. When do you think you'd feel comfortable imparting that information, asked I. I don't know, says Hank, maybe when she's 30, you know, after she's been married a couple years. I have an idea, says I. Bring her out to the farm. There we can demonstrate in the most delicate of ways the pollination of flowers, the sowing of seed, the raising of crops, the whole cycle of birth and rebirth revealed in a manner suitable for an impressionable youngster. Well, Hank, he thought that was a fine idea, just perfect, so he and Ambrosia showed up at Gray Farm the very next day. It was a beautiful morning, too, with the real birds and bees out in force as the little girl's father expounded on the germination of flowers and the sprouting of seedlings through the rich, fertile soil. That's how corn babies and wheat babies and even sorghum babies are born, says he, the gentle dance of nature. It was at that moment that Hank realized Ambrosia was no longer at his side, so he and I began to look about in a panic. An unaccompanied six-year-old on a farm, it'd be a miracle if she didn't run afoul of the thresher or tumble down a well or who knows what. But after a full five minutes, we managed to find her safe and sound, staring into the hog pen. That's where my Yorkshire pigs, Lemuel and Beatrix, reside, and, oh, Lord, it must have been Valentine's Day for swine, because, folks, those two 600-pounders were engaged in... Well, to put it delicately, the act of procreation. Or if one were feeling mischievous, you might say they were making bacon, you know what I mean? But however you put it, one giant filthy hog had climbed top the other, both of them loudly going at it belly deep in the mud. I mean, the squeals from the slaughterhouse are more tuneful than those two caught en flagrant. 
So Ambrosia had to ask... What's it like? No, she asked, what are they doing, Daddy? At which point Hank stammered a mite and said, they're, uh, they're, they're, well, you see, when, when, when you got a situation where two uh, uh, pigs are enamored of each other, they're, they're, they're like those bees I was talking about. So uh, the, the, the pig on the bottom is, is the flower. The poor fellow was red as a tomato and sweating rivers, so I just chimed in and said, Lemuel's trying to get Beatrix to give him a piggyback ride, which makes sense because they're pigs. That simple explanation satisfied Ambrosia, so we all went up to the house and had lunch. Chicken salad, as I recall. Much later, I returned to the hog pen, Bible in hand, and read those two pigs, Matthew fifteen eight. Can't say it did much good, but anyway, getting back to my review. How long is this process? All the way to the end. If you make it until the end. Now, nine days. It starts out with this fellow I was talking about, Will, having an opening for a new birth. See, one of the souls he chose, Amanda, a concert violinist who reached her 28th year, she seemed to be living the ideal life, and that's a fact. At least till the day she drives her car into a concrete wall and dies, leaving open the question as to whether it was an accident or suicide. More pressing, however, is that with her death, Will is visited by a passel of candidates to fill her vacant spot. But see, he can only grant life to one of them, and over the course of a nine-day decision period, he asks them questions and gives them tasks to see what kind of people they'd make, if they were to become people, I mean. Of course, the souls being interviewed have their own questions for him, like... Am I dead? To which he'll reply... I wouldn't say you're alive or dead. To which I'd reply, thanks, you've been no help at all. Anyway, as the days pass and Will gets to know more about how each soul would comport themselves on Earth, more and more of the candidates wash out. That means they vanish off into nothing, though as a parting gift, Will, being a good sort, finds a way for them to experience one thing they'd have liked to do if they'd been alive... Something like standing on a sandy beach or riding a bicycle through the streets, whatever they fancy. Ah, that's nice. Isn't it, though? Now, perhaps the most frustrating candidate for Will, and the one most interesting to us, is Emma, who won't answer some of his questions and marches metaphorically to her own tune. She also takes an interest in Will's past existence and his current state of mind, for he himself had once been alive on Earth. Alive, but... In a life, we find out that it had not been as rewarding as it may have been, might have been. Will's touchy on the subject. Emma's persistent, and we, of course, root for her to win the day, both as candidate and as interlocutor. Will has his doubts, though, about her fitness for life, fearing that with her free-thinking ways, she might not be tough enough to survive the world. And the last thing he wants is another case like Amanda's, where he has to watch a promising life extinguished. There are some mighty powerful performances in this photo play, with Winston Duke a standout as Will. The picture of a middle manager, he's officious and organized on the outside, even as sadness consumes him from within. As Emma, Zazy Beats is both puckish and probing, seemingly trailing fresh air and sunshine behind her, and Benedict Wong is impressive as Kayo, an assistant to Will in the form of a soul who'd never been born. He serves as the film's voice of compassion, a counterpoint to Will's business-like demeanor and reflexive reason. This is a gentle motion picture. Are you finished? Oh, hush up. I said it's a gentle motion picture where the one in charge must surrender some authority and restraint in order to win himself back, especially when faced with a soul for whom integrity and truth outshine her very existence. So I recommend you see this movie, maybe as a palate cleanser to the latest Marvel or fast car adventure, and keep your youngins clear of the hog pen while you're at it, or while the pigs are at it, I guess I should say. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film Don't Breathe 2, which is a sequel to Don't Breathe 1 and a prequel to OK Breathe Already. Just kidding. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>